0: Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, the black woman animator. Come back to you with another video. And in this video, I have Tyree Dillahay. Welcome. Yo, yo. Uh, (laughs) Can you introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Hello, my name is Tyree Dillahay. My friends call me Ree. Um, I'm an animation director. I've been in the business close to 20 years. And um, I'm still having fun.
0: (laughs) That's what's up. So, uh, first question: You're from Inglewood, California. How was it growing up and stuff? <laughs> uh,
1: it, I grew up in Inglewood, California, during like the '80s and '90s. You know, the height of like gang culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Single family, or excuse me, single parent home. It was myself and my mother. Um, man, it was hard. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, growing up as an artist. Um, that's I grew up in that generation where it's just like oh you can't make money being an artist Mm -hmm. and then in the environment you know you're surrounded by the hustlers pimps (laughs) gangsters murderers (laughs) killers Mm -hmm. uh teenage moms and fathers like wasn't wasn't really a lot of hope um but i made it through um through some you know that saying where it says you know it takes a village Mm people in it, in that environment were kind to me because they recognized my talents relatively early yeah. and were willing to kind of protect me in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't, don't mess with Tyree. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be different. Um, yeah, he does something that none of us can do. So, um, it was good and bad, you know, it, it kept some some street in me <laughs> that mm-hmm. I've, I've still been able to maintain. So, you know, I grew up, you know, um, as a different kind of man, um, but it's, it's helped me in, in situations where I need to um, defend, not only defend, but stand up for myself. So Englewood definitely made the man for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I find like growing into an adult, like um, particularly, I guess, you know, the typical personality of people in animation is like standing up for yourself is in general, it's just like people don't do it. <laughs> so. Um, for me like in my 20s it was learning how to stand up for myself in all aspects of adulthood and it's like mm-hmm. but also you know i ain't grown up in the hood but I'm anderson so it's the same <laughs> like you because because i got the light voice people be like oh i can talk to her any kind of way like no you can't <laughs> <laughs> but okay though um something i think about is like when i think about you know the la in the 80s and 90s like there's there's like violence in a lot of urban cities, but it seemed like just from my standpoint, like LA just was on the, the next level.
1: <laughs> you know, when they start making movies about you, <laughs> colors and uh, things like that. Even even I mean, it kind of came out later, but even Training Day has a little piece of it. Mm-hmm. Those are neighborhoods I grew up in. You know. Right. I remember we knew some of those people in some of those films. Hey, that's the homie, such and such. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it was wild times. And then Inglewood High School, you know, on top of gang violence, you had you had race wars
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, every uh, Martin Luther King Day and Cinco de Mayo. It was blacks versus Mexicans. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: it looked like World War Z on the Inglewood High School campus. Like. Mm-hmm it was insane. And I, 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 saw all of that and survived all of that, <laughs> you know, me in a sketchbook, you know, Right. maneuvering through the hood.
0: <laughs> uh, can you talk about the parties you would throw with your friends?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we won't mention the name of my party crew, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we had a legendary party crew. Um, mm-hmm. I went to private school for middle school mm-hmm. and, um, our, my friends are kind of like all over LA: Inglewood, Ladera Heights, uh, View Park, Windsor Hills. Um, some even in Beverly Hills. Like we had an eclectic group of kids from all class stratospheres, mm-hmm. and um, most of the big parties that we threw were in Ladera Heights, you know, the aka the Black Beverly Hills. And we were turning Ladera Heights upside down. <laughs> like people, you know, years later. Uh, People still come up and ask myself and some of my friends. Or they talk about it, man. I still remember them parties y'all used to throw. Those things was fire. Like it, it was a time. Like yeah, like you, you seen euphoria. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: we euphoria was was very real to me when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some people didn't make it out. Like that's mm-hmm. real. Like drug yeah. use, um, partying too hard, sexuality, all of that stuff. Like firsthand like i said I, me and my sketchbook we made it out
0: <laughs> yeah i remember freshman year of college one of my friends uh she was telling stories of her high school i'm like how you did all that before college because <laughs> like, yeah. i grew up like being sheltered and then when i moved my dad he couldn't let us do what he wanted us to do because we was too naive so mm-hmm. i had to do a little but not a lot. <laughs> um, What was your journey in art and animation during your childhood? Like, how did you start in art and then grow?
1: Um, My story is kind of interesting. I think the talent was discovered in the church. Uh, You know, most, most kids, you know, they're playing basketball, they're playing instruments, like, you know, it's either sports or music. And Mm -hmm. me, um, I was listening to a preacher give a sermon um, about Jesus dying on the cross. And I have nothing else better to do, so I grabbed I grabbed a tithe envelope
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: started doodling. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I sat in the front. my My grandfather was a was a head deacon. You know, my grandmother was a deaconess. You know, they were they were you know, a uh, certain cloth in the church, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just being quiet, you know. I and mean, then at the end of the sermon, you know, my grandmother's looking at my little my little doodles, and I, you know, I got Jesus on the cross, disciples poking him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two crosses she was like you you were listening i'm like well yeah you you drew this i was like there's there's no other kids here Like, yeah it was just me um so that's where it was discovered and then it just my my family kept nurturing it Mm -hmm. um you know comic books big marvel comics fan growing up or all the comics really but Mm -hmm. really like spider-man daredevil batman so you know marvel and dc Later on got in and then but then really got heavy into Mad magazine. Mad magazine was a big fluence and it kind of informed the person that I am today because they would make fun of pop culture. Yeah. You know, kind of take movies and flip them on their head, you know, name them different things. It was just funny. And it was like almost a, a borderline adult back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kept drawing, you know, mad magazine style, comic style, then later discovered anime. Oh wow, mm-hmm. this is um you know, a different look. And of course, watching Disney movies the whole time. I think Little Mermaid was probably the first movie I cried at. It's like, wow, there's emotions in these things.
0: Yeah.
3: Um,
1: saw heavy metal. Heavy at,
0: mama got shot.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> saw heavy metal at age eight. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if or anybody knows that's an old movie, but um, when you see an R-rated movie at age eight, an r-rated animated movie at age eight like mm-hmm. you go to school the next day and you're a god you know I, <laughs> yeah. I was like i saw heavy metal and people were like oh my who wants to touch me you like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just like grew up very my mother treated me because like i said it's, it was just me and her or her and i, I should say um mm-hmm. she treated me like a little adult um
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know but realized i was artistic and i could handle these things i wasn't like a little goofy kid yeah. Um, so we went to museums a lot. Um, my mother bought art books. She was a comic book nerd herself. Her favorite um, comic book character was Dr. Strange. Um, so again, like my mother was kind of like she I was I would consider my mother like the, the first blurred
2: because mm-hmm.
1: um, she was into all that stuff. Science fiction, comic books, stuff that other black women, let alone people were mm-hmm. um, to at that time. So That kind of just fed into me and then me being artistic she was just like just kept feeding it
0: some people have different stories like even though she was feeding you did she support pursuing it as a career
1: that's a good question um she she did and she didn't Mm -hmm. and then she did again (laughs) (laughs) so it's like at first you you look at it as a hobby. Like, my kid Mm -hmm. is interested in this. Like, at the time, I wasn't interested in sports. I would rather draw. Um, But then it came to a time where I was going, I was doing crazy stuff like in her Mm -hmm. eyes. So, you know, like when Thriller came out, I wanted to be a makeup artist. So I had my grandparents buy me all this makeup supply stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: just imagine, you know, a kid in the hood, you know, with like little thug kids in the kitchen putting that same alginate, you know, on, on, on faces on their hood faces, you know, making casts and stuff <laughs> like, like I was, I was the weird black kid in the hood. Right. And then one day we had a conversation, She was like, you know, baby, like, I don't understand, like, why you keep doing all this? I was like, because it's fun. She's like, yeah, but she's like, you don't really want to do this as a career. Do you, you know, like, I don't really see us doing this kind of thing. I'm like, and I looked at her and I, I got defiant. And I was like, what you mean? Like, I'm your son. You supposed mm-hmm. to tell me baby do anything. Right. And I kind of stood up to her and she had to, she actually, you know, like looked at me and she was like, you know what? You're right. And then supported mm-hmm. it from then on. Um, But like I said, Englewood kind of brought me in and out of art. Like my peer group at the, wasn't, you know, was, wasn't the best influence. Like, yeah, we had our fun, but I was kind mm-hmm. of off. Track, like mm-hmm. for years um but again the, to to answer your question my mother's been ever since we had that little conversation she's been supportive f- forever since
0: so um you didn't go to college right out of high school what's the story behind that
1: <laughs> long story um I barely <laughs> feel free barely, to tell barely, it
0: this is about you
1: <laughs> I ba- I barely graduated like I had to um I had to beg my biology teacher for a D just so I could like, <laughs> walk. My senior yeah. year was was atrocious. Like I wasn't getting along with my mother. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was just being, you know, a a, a young black kid, um, you know, with no male guidance in the house, and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: just just acting a fool and d- didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to community college. My mother was like, "Either you're going to work or you're going to go to go to college." um or go to school and mm-hmm. i was like i gotta do something so i went to i went to like to keep it compact i probably went to like four different junior colleges um and also during that time i played basketball at a junior college um because mm-hmm. i didn't play in high school i just wanted to get it out my system uh played basketball came back to a regular junior college um uh, while i was in junior college i was also trying to apply to art center um college in Pasadena you know prestigious art school
2: Mm
1: -hmm. that prestigious art school also costs prestigious money Um, right and I remember you know they were talking about you know back then it was like 20 grand a year I think Mm -hmm. now it's like 40 or something like that probably even more and then at the time I remember my mother you know dealing with credit card debt and all that stuff and she was like if you want to go to that school you know you're gonna have to take out loans and all that stuff and I was just like that's not the move. So, right. um, my mother um, and I eventually started a home healthcare business um, like within one or two years after me graduating from um, high school, barely graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So, I actually took a break from even going to four year university to kind of help establish that. So, once that got established, maybe like five years after college, mm-hmm. then I went to college. Um, so then when I got to college, I grad or I didn't still not knowing what to do, but I just picked what was easy to me and I didn't believe in art at the time. I was like this isn't a viable career. I didn't believe yeah. in it at the time. Uh, so what you call it? I majored in English. The reason why I didn't go to college or yeah, didn't go to college right out of high school is just because I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I just was I was too busy being a knucklehead, an aimless knucklehead that didn't know what he wanted to do with his life yet. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So originally
0: um, you wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, do you feel like going to college five years later, you know, people theoretically are like, oh, you're more mature. If you had an opportunity you know, to work a real job, then you realize how important co- college classes are like like. For some of us who went immediately, it's like, I don't feel like going to uh, class today. But some other people was like, well, if I calculate, <laughs> it costs this much to miss this class. So I'm going to go. So did, do you think there was a different effect in going to college later for you?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> you just was like,
0: no, it just was later. <laughs>
1: it just it just was later. It just was later. I mean, I was I was relatively more. A little bit more mature because I had some business sense because I was helping run a business. Mm-hmm. But as it related to academics, I'm, you know, that we're still talking to the kid that barely graduated from school. I just didn't like going to school. Right. Like I just wanted to get to what it is that you know I didn't even know what I came for. It's just like this is all boring. Like why do I need to know this? Why do I need to know that? And
2: mm-hmm. I was
1: literally living in a cloud. Right. <laughs> um. Do you remember
0: originally what kind of lawyer you wanted to be or did you pick yet
1: no you don't you don't really the the thing is you don't really pick so i picked Mm -hmm. english as an undergrad because at the time i was like naturally i had you know i consider myself left brain right brain so Mm i'm i'm decent i consider myself decent with communication and at the time i could write really fluently um so i was like and then i love to argue so I was like, that's that's a good combination to become a lawyer. Oh, and I like kind of like money. <laughs> like money. Um, so I was like, OK. And, you know, that's the, usually the typical tracks, right? When people mm-hmm. talk about professions, doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, etc. cetera. I was like, OK, lawyer sounds good. So that's mm-hmm. why I chose English as a major. But while I was in college, I needed electives. So I chose art electives. And then mm-hmm. that's when I fell back in love with art. And those art electives that I took I only took two, which was uh, drawing for animation, shout out to Ken Jones and then mm-hmm. uh, animation, which was with a uh, shout out to Mary Ann Trujillo. So between those two classes, fell back in love with art, but then also discovered a new skill in animation. And then that summer when I so I, long story short, I ended up making a student film at, on my last semester um, called Hippopolis about the mm-hmm. battle between rap and hip hop.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: um and actually it was a promotion for a little music group i had on the side for myself and my friends Mm -hmm. it was like pre-gorillas i was like we're going to take over the industry we're going to have a cartoon and it's going to be us and then gorillas came out i was like you motherfuckers so anyway (laughs) um so i make this cartoon it ends up winning it it makes uh i went to cal state northridge it makes Mm -hmm. school history as the first animated piece in in school history to win best of show in their annual art show um so they still had they have a vhs they had a vhs that ran a continuous loop of my cartoon like as an installation in the Mm -hmm. thing, so that was cool so anyway that's and then i put it on his website adam films and then that summer i'm you know studying for the lsat um to uh get into law school and uh i get a call from disney and they're like hey we, we saw your film. We want to offer you a gig. Right? Mm-hmm. So then at that point, I'm at the crossroads. It's like, OK, do I continue going to law school? You know, more school. The thing I hate. Right. Or do I take this? The thing that I would love to do every day. And I chose art, animation. Never look back.
0: Yeah, I, I discovered like I like learning, but I don't like getting a grade for it because <laughs> I, I look like I didn't like peel out in uh, cause I, I graduated like tenth of my class in high school, 3.4, it would have been higher, but the like college classes I took were on a, like I did dual enrollment and my peers took AP classes. So that was on the five point scale. So they can have above a 4.0, mm-hmm. but they said my, my actual college classes were on a four point scale and it would actually bring my GPA down lower. So, mm-hmm. but then I graduated from college with a 2.7. <laughs> but I was like I'm going to animation my, my GPA don't matter
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't
0: <laughs> and then I justified the heck out of it I was like so this is on the quarter system I only got 10 weeks to do like an animated project like this isn't realistic <laughs> this, <laughs> this is why I'm and I'm like getting worse grades in my major
1: No, <laughs> well, that's funny um
0: so I'm gonna uh Run through um, some projects that you've worked on. Uh, not everyone that was on your IMDb, and you know, sometimes IMDb is wrong. So feel free to correct me if there's something on there that's not right.
1: No, it's, it should be all correct. It, it okay. doesn't it doesn't list everything though.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, uh, where are my dogs at? Uh, El Tigre: The Adventures of Manny Rivera, um, Revision Tomb Raider animation animated series, uh, Bufu, uh Blockheads Mission G Animated Web Series, Golden Grinders, The Drawn Together movie, Good Vibes, Motor City, Bob's Burgers, of course. Um, The Venture Brothers, uh, The Awesomes, Rob Deirdricks, Wild Grinders, The Jammies, Um, and then you would like a creative consultant on Hair Love and Weather Hunters. What are some other things that aren't on the list?
1: A bunch of projects that no one will ever see. <laughs> actually Bufu, Bufu, that was a project. so a lot of people don't know b e t had an animation division for a little bit. Mm. and they were making a cartoon, and that cartoon was Bufu. Um, It was created by Orlando Jones and um Ali Leroy. Ali Leroy was a was famous for being a writer. Um, mm-hmm. a creative, produced for um, Everybody hates Chris. Um, so anyway, Um, we were at the time Obama, I think was just becoming president Mm -hmm. or become president and it was word from BET. They didn't want to be the, the network, the, the black, the only black network available making fun of its first black president.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So that was a big point of contention and among other things. So that got canned. Um, So yeah, you see the credit, but you never see the work, Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, all the my years at disney a bunch of development projects probably two dozen projects that you'll never see the the day of light like ever (laughs) that's just part of development Um, yeah i'm sure they still do that probably not at at the same clip but they used to make a good conservatively like three dozen maybe more shows a year Mm -hmm. that they would just test and maybe one or two would make it Mm -hmm. um So yeah, just a bunch of stuff, and then you know, obviously outside of television, I do a lot of uh, stuff for brands. Um, You know, being in the footwear industry, I've I've been able to capitalize on my love of footwear and style Mm -hmm. and fashion, and do stuff for companies: Nike, Converse, um, Foot Locker, um, uh, Red Bull, um, the Clippers, uh, a a bunch. Um, So yeah. Fun times, fun times
0: um, to kind of go back to the BA in English. How do you feel like the degree in English helped you um, in your career in animation?
1: Oh, immensely. Um, I think I tweeted this um, here. Here's a gym. Your, your mouth will open doors that your hands can't. So being able to talk to people is. Invaluable, in, mm-hmm. invaluable you gotta you gotta my mother always called it you gotta talk the king's english
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you gotta know how to talk to people of all complexions mm-hmm. and relate to them on their level intellectually and culturally mm-hmm. culturally doesn't even need to doesn't necessarily mean um uh race or uh socioeconomic background culturally could even mean like uh, studio politics, corporate mm. politics. Uh, just like I'm saying, that's growing up in Inglewood, going to private schools, coming back to Inglewood, mm. being in business in in like in your early 20s, and like I said, uh, code switching mm-hmm. num- all day, every day. Like I, c- I can sit in, I sit in numerous rooms and fit right in
2: because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I just know how to talk to people every. Right. Single every single type of person whenever I get in there. So English, English is key. You got to know how to write and got to know how to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. My twenties was like me learning that point because I was like, yeah, I'm going to just work hard and all this stuff. And um, you know, the way my journey is different than typical person animation is like I was doing, I was working in my career, like, you know, at Turbo Squid and uh, working for the state of Louisiana as an animation specialist, but also on the side, I was uh, doing volunteer work for Urban League, and so I'll be applying to all these like leadership um, programs and wouldn't be getting in. And my th- my theory was like, they would be like, "Why does this person in animation <laughs> want to be in this like economic development ambassador <laughs> program?" <laughs> like, eh, let's go get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I finally it finally clicked, and I uh, I told one of my people from an urban league about um, there was like a leadership development um, program for the young leadership council. And I told her, cause she was the project manager. I was like, uh, I'm interested in this program. Can you get me in? And she did. And then I was like, okay, that worked. So in, in that program, I met somebody else who was working at the, uh, the for New Orleans economic development. And so I kind of was more strategic with that where I was like, Alejandra, I'm thinking about applying to this program. I know damn well I'm about to apply to this program. She's like, oh, okay. And so the first session, she was like, I fought for you. And I'm like, bruh, I'm dope as hell. Why did you have to fight for me? Because like, uh, uh. when you when you start these programs, you get the sheet of everybody's bio. And mine is like, okay, I work in animation, but I do this, 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 this on a side volunteering. And then mm-hmm. if it's a, like a lawyer or a financial person, they just go to work. Why Why did you have to fight for me? so that's the power of the network that people will fight for you even though you you doper than other people get an opportunity
1: yeah no look the person with the relationships you know everything is about relationships everything Mm -hmm. everything your familial relationships your business relationships um and then what's the status of those relationships you know like, do you have genuine relationships or you only have transactional relationships? Right. And then the transactional ones, I mean, it, they they can they don't last very long.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't
1: last very long because it's, you know, it's only when you want something or when they want something. Right. But the genuine relationship is like, no, it's good people helping good people.
0: I feel like that's what young people don't understand about some some of these like networking events where. Uh, like before the pandemic hit, I had a good month because uh, I moved here a month before the pandemic to Los Angeles. And I had a good month of like um, going to networking events. And a lot of stuff is transactional. Like, oh, I'm a writer. What can I do for you? It's like, but like, who who are you as a person? <laughs> like, a And writer. who am I as a person? Like, I don't just what. And then like when I was in New Orleans, I would go to these networking events. And there was this dude who worked for like State Farm or, or one of them like financial companies. And he literally would just go around and hand out his business card because he was like in his 20s. I'm like. You do not know that that is not working. <laughs> you have to actually talk to people. You have
1: to actually talk to people. <laughs> this card means nothing. It's going in the trash. <laughs>
0: right. Um. What, what were the biggest breakthroughs in your career?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that first one, you know, mm-hmm. putting that cartoon on the internet, early internet days. This yeah. is almost like shit in between web one and two. Um, mm-hmm. uh, making that uh, video for BET. Mm-hmm. Um, thing called read a book, you know, it got me on yep. CNN live and uh, shook up the world for a little bit. Like, you know, I watched probably, that interview,
0: that, that journalism was so aggravating. <laughs> like,
1: not so, funny, funny story behind that, uh, it's all sensation. It's literally, yeah, it's I, it, it, it felt like it. No, but like, so he hits us beforehand. He was just like, you know, I'm going to rattle you a little bit, but it's all mm-hmm. for fun. Like, you know, let, let's just have fun here. And then mm-hmm. he gets on the thing. Tyree Dillahay. Like, <laughs> and but that was all for fun. Like, I wasn't expecting it like that because I mean, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, okay. So this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, it was fun. It was fun. It was She's fun. Like um,
0: Answer my question, but let me
2: interrupt you.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, what was some other breakthroughs? I mean, working on Bob's Burgers was a breakthrough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like here's you know something a lot of people don't know. When I worked on Bob's Burgers, I think I, I started as a storyboard artist. I think I was the only Black artist on the crew in season one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then maybe season two, I think we had a production assistant that mm-hmm. was also Black. <laughs> and then maybe season three, we had one other artist when I moved up to director. Mm-hmm. And then in the primetime space, as as a director at the time, I think I, I could probably count two mm-hmm. myself and uh, Rodney Cloudin. I think he was on American <laughs> Dad at the time. Mm-hmm. I, just, I started as a director, same time I did on Bob's.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you think about the primetime space, and you got two Black directors for all primetime shows. Yeah. Like I said, and that's not. And again, you know, this is not an indictment on uh, Bento Box or Fox to be like, we're keeping black people out. I'm just saying it's that's just the state of the industry. Right. There's there's a lack of uh, diverse talent um, and especially operating at the at the higher levels, just because it's not a path. It's not a career path that we um, normally choose. Um,
0: Yeah. the animation industry a lot of people are cool so what people don't realize is that a lot of it is unconscious bias it's like you're most likely you're going to get your friend a job and most likely your friend is going to look like you and so when you get diversity you have to be very purposeful for it so when you see (laughs) it just means so funny the basic stuff people say on like social media like what about the qualifications like so you don't think there's black people that are qualified or
1: (laughs) because there are yeah no i mean and honestly I guess I mean, you've heard of me in in our in our rooms at work, but mm-hmm. the people that are qualified, they're already working <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's no I mean, I still believe uh, maybe not. at You know, again, when you start to climb,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah, people are going to hire their friends. Nobody's right. trying to keep you out because you're black. At least that's right. not my experience. Um, I, I think one time I tried to do that and I won't mention where I was just like, this is because I'm black. <laughs> and it was just like no it's because i knew this person before i knew you <laughs> you are going to get the job before you like do you not understand politics like <laughs>
0: right, nepotism and this is how it works <laughs> exactly Body-ism.
1: yeah it's like you can't you can't be mad at that part of the game because that's just again i would do the same thing if i had mm-hmm. a friend of mine and i'm sure you would do the same thing if i had a mm-hmm. friend that i could put on why right. wouldn't I? that's what friends are for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why you know it goes back again to relationships but what i would say about this industry is in my eyes and in my experience it's mostly been a meritocracy
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um i've gotten where i've gotten because of yes because of relationships but but, I'm yeah but i can do the job like Mm -hmm. without question um and i don't even walk around this industry with a portfolio anymore which is crazy but
2: yeah
1: I've i've been fortunate to do that so it's cool
2: um
0: a lot of people that I interview have an anchor uh project that they're known for and yours is uh Bob's Burgers. How do you feel working on Bob's Burgers impacted your life?
1: Uh really i um, immensely because when you work on a show that's on Fox number 1 um that that gets national attention, right? Like if you don't know The Simpsons and you don't know Bob's Burgers, you just, you know, American Dad Cleveland show.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Family guy. If you don't know those shows, you have just been living under a rock. Right. Right. So there's a certain cachet that comes along with working with a hit network television show. And then on top of that, then you start getting nominated for Emmys. The show starts winning Emmys. I didn't. I'm a two. I'm my, my claim to fame is I'm a two time Emmy losing director. I, I saw
0: that in your Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't won any yet, but it's uh that's that's a notch you can put on your belt. You know, mm. they give you a cool, I'm looking at the certificates. They give you a cool little certificate for it. <laughs> but obviously it's not the same as the trophy. But um, right. But those parties and that show is awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like just being in something that's so ingrained in pop culture, like mm. Bob's was always set up to be that successor to The Simpsons. And, and rightfully so. Mm. Um, and, and being a part of that in its infancy all the way to what it is now. Like, I think I left the show just when the movie was starting production and that was mm-hmm. 2018 and then here we are um 2022 and the movie is about to come out yeah um but being but being able to say like i helped some of that i helped yeah. establish some of that visual language in the show like there's mm-hmm. certain things that you know i i i made come to, like i i did that you know like <laughs> that, that'll always be um right but yeah, i mean it 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 essentially like it's everything is a stepping stone. Like it, it it definitely gave me a great platform to get an extensive amount of credits Mm -hmm. and get me to where I am today. And, but even where I am today, I'm still going to keep pushing higher and higher.
0: Uh, Did someone see the leadership qualities in you or did you advocate for yourself to become a director?
1: Uh, Both. Mm -hmm. Both. Like I was very, um, not aggressive, but, um, uh i wasn't bashful about saying what i wanted to do and would show people that i am capable of doing it
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was pitching projects and then people saying like oh like <laughs> the 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 old people i'm lots of people have had this experience where oh wow that was you know you just pitch a project that was a really good pitch i don't want to buy that but i have something else that you would be great for because mm-hmm. you just what you just showed them was like you have these qualities they yes. don't necessarily like the project or it's not a good fit
2: mm-hmm. but
1: what you just displayed was leadership qualities yeah um like you know at six point I, I, um anybody out there I, I used to work at a studio called six point harness i actually do some work for them now
2: mm-hmm. but i've
1: had a couple of tour of duties at six points <laughs> and so my first tour of duty at six point i think i started as an animator but Um, I quickly showed them because it was stuff I was already doing uh, so many other things that I was doing or capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then I was heavy in the digital painting. So I showed them I could paint. I showed them I could design, I showed them I I could pretty much do anything except for background design. I hate designing (laughs) backgrounds. I could color them, but I'm not going to design them. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Got to learn your strengths. (laughs)
1: storyboarding all of that so once people saw like i was a swiss army knife like a good generalist like there's a generalist there's some generalists where they have basic knowledge of certain things and then mm-hmm. a really good generalist is you now you have you know uh, above average you know mm-hmm. pro, pro level proficiency in a lot of different things so again like i just kept showing people these things and, mm-hmm. and, and pushing for it um pushing for director projects or people's no some people actually did see it you know shout out to brendan he saw it early put me on mm-hmm. some projects early at six point um marge dean
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a legend in the industry um she put me on to some projects um uh the guy that hired me at disney <laughs> like so many people bento box you know uh janelle scott joel like every all, all like so many people i'm sorry mm-hmm. if I let anybody out but so many people saw leadership qualities and was like no let's give tyree a chance
0: um i'll try to link in my in my description like the thread you did on tips for storyboard artists but what tips do you have for people in directing because not everybody is a great director um and i i just be like saying it means would you like wow this explanation of composition is like <laughs> <For a length. laughs> so like what what do you what have you learned thus far that is important when directing?
1: Um well number one, you know, not to reiterate that thread, but the biggest takeaway from that thread is just knowledge of the cinematic language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you gotta know how to tell a story visually. That's mm-hmm. number one. But like directing, like that's the almost like the technical side. So you push this to the side. But the big side is, again, managerial leadership Mm -hmm. qualities and effective communication. Uh, Being able to communicate is like the biggest skill with directing. Like, can I say something? How do I, because every artist is different, like uh, (laughs) even currently on the current project,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I have a few few people I have to relearn how to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas other people, you know, they, I can, I can, I'm okay. I go. <laughs> um, But again, it's all, every person you meet, it's a, it's a new experience about how to, how to will an entire crew yeah. to execute your vision. And that's a daily exercise. Now uh, advice on how to become a better director. I, <laughs> <hours>. uh, like, <laughs> like I said look like let's just leave the technical part aside about just how to visually tell a story but like
2: mm-hmm.
1: what kind of person are you yeah you know how do how do you relate to people how social are you like me i'm mm-hmm. a social person um you know most a lot of artists are introverts you know mm-hmm. they would just want to be to themselves that's not me that's mm-hmm. not me I, working from home is actually kind of killing me um, yeah Killing me, like a little bit because I thrive off energy. But when I do get in these meetings, I do get excited because that's at least at least some of it. But in person is so much better. But yeah. To become become a better director is just to become a better communicator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Work on your work on your communication. Like, yes, we can do this all day, but this, like I said, your mouth will open doors that your hands can't. And what I mean by doors. Yeah. talking about opportunity we're talking about somebody's mind we're talking about somebody's Mm -hmm. heart somebody's you don't got to
0: be in a room for them to think of you
1: right it's like that's what i'm talking about like you got to get better you got to be a better communicator
0: yeah to think about working from home like i'm an introvert but i play extrovert on tv Uh, (laughs) and uh typically when i work at places the people in my department like because Working from home, you're like beholden to kind of being friends with the people you're in meetings with. <laughs> but like typically, I'm just like going to everybody. I, I'm typically friends with like the people like 40 and over, like who are managers. And so I'll be like getting all the information. Like, hey, Miss Judy, how you doing today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you gotta call her Miss Judy when you're in the south. But um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll just be going. I'll be cool with people you wouldn't even think of. I'll be cool with because I'm just like, oh. And and I, I have a gift of like the people everybody's scared of. I just be like, oh, they're just a human being. And then they appreciate that because they're not actually scary. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> and so
0: I'd be like, hey, what up? <laughs> and they'd be like, how do you talk to them?
1: You just talk to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then as a leader, how you're talking about talking to different people, like when I was a manager at Terrible Squid, you had to learn, I, well, I had to learn like, um, you have to learn how to deal with people who don't have your personality because mm-hmm. for me, I can just like, I don't, I, like, I like to be told I'm doing a good job, but I don't need it to like do my work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so working with people who are different from me on the other side of the spectrum is like, you got to remember how to interact with them and like what people need. And like, sometimes it's like exhausting because I am an introvert to be like, Oh Lord, I got to pep this person up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um what do you love about animation?
1: I like that it combines everything that I love
2: mm-hmm.
1: like music, film, cartoons, comedy action, horror drama, filmmaking like it's just everything that I love all in one
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I like I like the magic the magic trick of these drawings make people feel things. yeah, like I like that. like it's like I said, when I saw a little mermaid, I actually but I, I'm a crier, I'll admit that. <laughs> when I see certain when I see film, like not only do I feel the moment of the story, but I also feel how much work mm-hmm. and and passion and blood, sweat, and tears that went into making these things. like my emotions run that deep when I see mm-hmm. these things. It's like, wow. Like I know what it because I'm in it. Yeah. I know what it took to get to that point, and right. they nailed it. And it's like, oh, like I I love that satisfaction that an artist gets when they truly execute a vision and people resonate with it emotionally. Like that's yeah. so that's powerful. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. In fact, and it's really powerful because not anybody can just do this. Yeah. Like this is feels special. feels mm-hmm. <laughs> special.
0: Yeah, like even um, kind of, even being in the industry, you can you can understand stuff from the outside looking in. But being able to be in like records now, and then somebody posted a link in 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 the Slack of like uh, the little it was like a little mouse and the um, the mouse that stuttered like old school cartoon like maybe Looney Tunes or something like that. And I have a a a bigger appreciation for that voice actor because of like working with people who aren't voice actors, and you know how hard voice acting actually is. I already knew that voice acting is actually harder than regular acting um, beforehand, but just being being in records and like and then seeing some clip of like. The OG voice actors that was like not new to this, true to this, and they just knew how to do all these voices. It's like it's just a bigger appreciation. Like, man, this man is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so you did the um the cover for the first of the month sig- single and uh like Iggy Azalea's ignorant art mixtape, and you know, you mentioned that you produced uh the music uh video for read a book. What other artwork have you done? Did you do around that time in the beginning or since then? Oh, okay.
1: Too too much <laughs> too stuff to name. <laughs> too much stuff to name, but like you know, I kind of touched on it earlier. I think in 2013, I got my first um, deal with a footwear company. I think mm-hmm. uh, my first, you know, shout out to Reebok. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I kind of just got contracts every year to work with different companies. You know, Nike, Converse um bread bull uh nike sportswear they're different jordan brand even
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah like that's it's it's been good to combine something that has been so near and dear to me mm-hmm. since a child and then carry that into my adulthood um you know passion passion for fashion i think you called it
3: um,
1: <laughs> um and i i guess kind of the segue like where that comes from mm-hmm. is just this uh <laughs> this uh, a lineage of, of fly family members <laughs> right you know, i got these uh these uh photo albums over here mm-hmm. um, and it's it's documented that we've been fresh for years <laughs> 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 like that's, that's you
0: just that's, carrying on like, the yeah, torch yeah, of your ancestors <laughs>
1: right like that's we we've been doing this mm-hmm.
2: we're
1: not new to this we're true to this for sure and right. uh, like i said and to carry that on like at at my age still still with relevance
2: mm-hmm.
1: um is, is is a beautiful thing like it, that's
0: yeah because you don't look like person your age trying too hard you just look like you naturally (laughs)
1: like exactly you never want to be that guy (laughs) or that girl you know it's just like no i ain't doing a little too much like (laughs) not like this is just what it is and how it always will be
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so do you feel like um The sneakers and the fashion are another way to express your creativity.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Look, I I like to. There's another gem. You know, your your body is just as much of a canvas as a piece of paper or a canvas. Mm -hmm. And your body is even more important because I don't think your body should be a billboard for brands. It should be a billboard for you. Mm -hmm. So that billboard should say as much as possible about who you are. Now, if you want to be low key, if you mm-hmm. want to be, you know, more boisterous, um, mm-hmm. you know, flamboyant, um, stylish, whatever you want to call it. But look, we only get one life. I want to live it as as full as possible. I'll tell you this tidbit. I remember there was this guy, uh, Kyung Shin over at mm-hmm. Bob's Burgers. I went through a period where i started wearing suits to work uh just because i felt like it <laughs> and he came up to me and he was just like well, he was like I, you i just want to say you use a korean dude i just want to say you look very nice <laughs> but he was like but why <laughs> <laughs> why he was like we work in animation why why do you why do you dress like this right and i was just like i was like to quote your <laughs>
2: Classic man,
1: (laughs) right? He said, He said, "Jadina, why are you dressing so classic? Because I don't want my best dress days in a casket. I was like, Bars, bars, (laughs) right? It's just like, I was like, I'm here, and Mm -hmm. and while I'm here, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna look the best I can possibly be. It's like, you know, with artists, the all they, you know, most people, they just want the output, yeah, you know, like again, transactional. Mm-hmm. This is like I want you to get you when I get into the studio I get into you getting all of me. Yeah, you're not just getting this you're getting all of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I, I live outwardly. I don't live mm-hmm. inwardly. So yeah, fashion is is a big part of expression. I would I would implore anyone to get more in tune with the outward version of themselves because mm-hmm. it's it's a reflection of the inside. And I think the more, the more you show it, and it can be subtle. It nobody's telling you to go crazy and start, you know, cosplaying and all that, even though I'm totally fine with that as well. Cosplay, <laughs> you know, like whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. And my thing is, I want to feel good in my skin, you know, yeah. I we don't walk around naked, we can't, <laughs> by law. <laughs> so by, by law, I need to be fresh. <laughs> like, <laughs> just that's just how it is. That's how we roll it. And again, like and plus, you know, like again, people would too. It's just like you can't be walking around bummy. Like that's that's just ingrained. You know, people would be snapping and bagging on you. Walk around with terrible shoes, you know, messed up clothes. Like you you won't live that down. So like that's just still that's definitely
0: a part of certain aspects of black culture. Um yeah. for, like it, whether it's like in the hood or even at HBCUs, how they be like, you can't go out the house looking bummy at HBCU.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like what? You gotta... That's like <laughs> that's 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 how our people operate, you know? Like mm-hmm. but it is funny because you know you could be poor as hell, but black people will find a way to still keep <laughs> it tight. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like you will not know that I'm completely broke because that's the point. This is like, mm-hmm. I just want to be. Clear.
0: Um, just don't walk around with the Vaseline on your face. But <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when I used to work at Turbo Squid, I would, um, you know, every third Thursday, because I, I was a uh, member of the Urban League Young Professionals. And so I wear like business professional because I'm like, I'm cold switching. I'm not about to go to this meeting in a t-shirt and jeans <laughs> right. even though that is the that is the style of my industry i nah <laughs> and so like every time some people will be like oh you going to an interview like this joke is getting old after a couple months but no <laughs> i'm going to my yeah. <laughs> my Herbaling meeting
1: yeah now, look people <laughs> people at Bob's used to think I was interviewing for other jobs when I came <laughs> in with this I was like no like I really just wanted to wear a suit I in the animation
0: industry used to be so confused.
1: They were super confused. They was like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing's going on. Like, I want to wear, it. like, they were really, because like, when, I, when I get this into something, a I go
3: hard.
1: Yeah. It's like, I think there's, I think it's even doper when you have the choice of mm-hmm. wearing it and choose to wear it or choose to not. Because, yeah. I mean, we work in the industry, like, I told people back in the day, like, you can wear pajamas to work and nobody would care. They probably look at you for a second, like the same way they looked at me in the suit, and just be like, "What? Why are you wearing pajamas?" And then they would be right. like, "Okay, no, nobody's gonna send me home. There's no dress codes." Like, but I got—I think there was a early in my career. There was one or two years why I was just lazy because I was trying to like, "Oh, y'all don't dress around here," so I was like, "I'm gonna dumb it down for a little bit." And then it, I got—I felt uncomfortable. It's like I'm not assimilating like with y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm a be me like when right. I first came in to this industry I had, I had dreads and everything It' was like people mm-hmm. and like long dreads too and they were like you know like wow, like Tyree's really different. It's like yeah like because <laughs> I'm the only black person here like you're right
0: like, I'm
1: not used <laughs> to seeing all this culture in front of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, um I think I was at one of the many like pandemic like um animation conferences. And this dude says something really interesting. And, and you can definitely look at it as, in a positive. You can take positive and negative from what he said, depending on what you're thinking. But he was talking about, like, drip for animation, like, and getting more Black people into it. Like, if, if everybody walking around looking bummy, then you don't know that you could actually make money from it. <laughs> and so he was advocating for animation people to have more drip to kind of, yes. like advertise that yes no nah, we we
2: good over here <laughs>
1: look honestly I, I wholeheartedly agree with that like if anybody you know I haven't posted on my Instagram in months because you know you you have all people know I've been busy um yeah <laughs> but before then I, I I stopped posting art and I was just like y'all just gonna get these outfits <laughs> right. like you with with our community you have to show success.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's one like yeah, I could show drawings all day, but it's just like but for me, you know, being you know a little further in the industry, I'm like, you gotta pay me for those drawings. I'm just like, <laughs> right. I don't draw I don't draw for free. Like, right. Right. This <laughs> is no freestyles over here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but what we will show was is the spoils
2: mm-hmm. of
1: success, you know, because like I'm not a rapper. Um, but you know, it's the same thing. It's like a rapper, you will hear, you will see them before you hear them. Mm -hmm. At least in this day and age. And yeah, I kind of want to show, that was kind of my purpose. It's like, number one, I couldn't show the work I was working on. I still can't. Right. Um, And I don't have the time or energy just to be drawing, just to be drawing.
2: Right. So in the
1: meantime, like I said, now I'm using this other medium of fashion, you know, with this canvas being myself and my body, Mm -hmm. you know, just to get into a tap into another form of expression. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody should tap more into who they are, you know. Outside of whatever it is you do for an occupation or, you know, your your chosen discipline or medium, just do more things.
0: So as someone who um, likes animation and hip hop, have you gotten a chance to see Ludacris's Commerce World? And if you have, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I was really impressed. Um, It reminded me of a project, uh, a 3D project that I did years ago called The Jammies.
0: I, I watched acrylic yesterday and i was like this looked similar to <laughs> Commerce world
1: yeah yeah and we we did that years ago like yeah 2010 or something like that um but yeah it's i'm i'm glad something like that finally made it because um, like i said we we've been trying to do that forever i've been yeah. at the forefront like i can literally say i mean of course you know bruce smith being the og um mm-hmm. you know with baby's kids and stuff like that but When you think of Bruce and you think of who else has made black animation, you got Bruce Smith, you probably got Aaron Magruder.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: then is that it? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's making black, like impactful black animation. Right. And it's like low key. I've been doing it, but just on a on a smaller level because I haven't had my own TV show. Right. Um, But hopefully, I mean, this isn't mine either. But, you know, the current project that we're working on, when that comes out, I'm sure that'll make that'll make a. Uh, uh, an impact as well, yeah. but um, on the underground scene, you know, stuff. It's not even underground because the Jamies was on Netflix, but it took it took some some pounding even to get it to that point. Um, but not like I, we need more. We need more. Like there's a project that you saw that you mentioned earlier, Weather Hunters. Mm-hmm. That's an Al Roker project. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that'll be coming out soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that'll be part of the. The lexicon of black animation, and then yeah, we 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 just need more. We just need yeah. more. So yeah, I salute to Ludacris and the, and the, the team making Karma's world. But yeah, we just need more.
0: Yes, uh, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you go out and watch it because even you know the uh, bars that she has are like not corny. That's refreshing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to say was Lizzo was she writing the raps or? I'm not sure. They, or no, actually, you know what? It's probably duh. It's probably ludicrous right <laughs> now. Um, but no, I, yeah. I love it. Like I love the little intro. Like it's so yeah. cute. Yeah. Like, and then the so intro
0: cute. rap will give you what the story is about to be.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> um uh
0: like what made you do uh creative conversations?
1: Uh we were locked down in the pandemic. Um mm-hmm. uh, Beard out of control <laughs> um, and had had wanted to talk to a few of these black creatives in the mm-hmm. animation industry and was just trying to figure out how to, like, have that conversation out in public. Yeah. Um, For others like us to see mm-hmm. it and be like, oh, OK.
2: Yeah. And then
1: every one of those, like I didn't do many, but right. um, everybody got busy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but those people that I, I did talk with, uh, Chase, Latoya, um, Chris, uh, the everybody's even since then they were already doing big things, but they've gone on to even bigger things. Yeah. Since then. Uh, which yeah, is Yeah, I'll
0: be great. I'll be like I'm trying to catch the next one, and then I forget. Luckily now, Instagram, because I was like, damn it, Instagram needs the little event thing where you can add it to your calendar. And they just implemented that like a like a month or two ago. I'm like, thank you. Because people will be posting stuff on Instagram. I'm like, I gotta go to my Google calendar and put it on my calendar. Like, I am never gonna remember this. So mm-hmm. I caught like one of yours, but I wanted to catch more, but it just was like, my my memory is like trash. <laughs>
1: Well, they're they're all on the IGTV, and honestly, I like I like I said, I only did like three. I should bring mm-hmm. it back though, um, because you know we again we need more visual representation. Yeah. Not, I like to say here's another bar. Like you know, less output mm-hmm. and more input.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they need to, to hear the voices, see see the yeah. faces behind the work. So you know you see these are real people, and yeah. you know we're 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 real you know, like we're not corny nerds. Like we we come through from diverse backgrounds, you yeah. know, some hard, some easy, but, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're still Black people. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I think the, the importance of my YouTube channel and like I do put it on pa- podcast platforms, but like I want you to see people who look like you.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you got it. You got to You got to see it. You got to see, see success, see the models. And uh yeah, we're 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 not we're thriving. We're not surviving. You know, we're, right. we're thriving out here. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm out here getting it. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> Get it. it's not.
1: Yeah, we not not. There's no starving artists here.
0: <laughs> uh Can you talk a little bit about sneds or as everybody pronounces Sneed's?
1: <laughs> yeah, SNEDS, uh What was that? Probably 2010. It's like kind of. It was like my little love letter to sneaker mm-hmm. culture I think at the time I can see the is,
0: like when you were talking about mad tv I can see the mad tv in it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it was it was parodying satirizing sneaker culture and hypebeast mm-hmm. culture so this is created in 2010 when blogs were the thing Pre, obviously yeah. pre-instagram yeah. I think instagram came out in like 2013 or 14 mm-hmm. and um I noticed I was I I literally was just you know, I was working, working, working in animation. I had nothing of my own. And it was like, you know, I always make a little passion project. So mm-hmm. I made a couple of characters and you know, I gave myself a deadline like two weeks for putting out a comic, started putting out this little web comic and it blew up um, mm-hmm. because nothing else it, like it's, a, you know, kind of made history again. It's the first comic about sneakerheads, like ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, made that for like I actually still make it every now and then, but we could pretty much say I don't make it anymore. Um, <laughs> but because I was doing that, that has started establishing myself with brands. Yeah. You know, then that's when the Reebok took notice. You know, finally in mm-hmm. 2013, and then just kept getting contracts, relationships. You know, and all the and all the big brands. Um, but SNES has been like a. It it was a muse for me. Like I used sneakers as a muse for mm-hmm. a good decade. Um, uh, just as another, you know, avenue source of inspiration for creativity. Well,
0: yeah. What's well, hilarious, like when I'm when I was younger, I had this phase. I don't know if it was in middle school where I would just draw shoes from the side. Like, I just <laughs> I just would draw <laughs> shoes all the time. <laughs> And I was never yeah, because yeah, nice. there's also there's also the juxtaposition of me not understanding how I wasn't bullied in school because I I like um with no problem shopped at Goodwill. Like I had a plaid shirt face. <laughs> like why was I, like but then I played basketball, so maybe it was like the balance of like, okay, she we're not going to make fun of her because she's smart. She gave us the answers and she played basketball. So we're going <laughs> to ignore these plaid shirts. <laughs> right. um, what, story, what is a story you've never gotten to talk about in your like mini interviews? Like, is there a story that like nobody would ever think to ask you or just like an interesting story that you have?
1: I think the one that you asked about the parties that was interesting, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, not. I mean, unless you're in LA and grew up during that time, you would nobody would definitely know that. um
2: mm-hmm.
1: Honestly, was you know maybe a little bit of stuff about you know like I literally went through like three to four junior colleges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and really. Like I'll tell you a brief story about that. Like just to show you how bad the public school system is, or mm-hmm. I think I can't even say is, but I will say at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I got to Inglewood high school in 10th grade, they were their textbooks. They had textbooks that I had already read in middle school at my private school. Mm. Like that's how far behind they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, by the time I graduated, I'd spoke to no college counselors didn't know the process of even getting into college. So that's why I just rolled over into uh, junior college. Mm -hmm. When I got to junior college, I spoke to no counselors. (laughs) Um, I literally thought college was a place where you could just take whatever classes that you felt like taking. With no direction. Yeah, no direction whatsoever. So my first semester was like architecture, (laughs) uh, philosophy Mm -hmm. and like some other BS. It's like, what? What are you doing? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? We probably <laughs> failed all of those at the time. Like, <laughs> especially architecture. I was like, wait, why am I here? Like, I don't, I don't want to make mechanical drawings. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, man, I, I'm. I there's days where I'm surprised where I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, what's, what that guy uh, protects fools and children.
1: <laughs> Man, like it's like wow. <laughs> I was doing it like, and then you know, little little you know, white collar crime in there too. It's just like I was, I was, I was like, what trying to be a hip hop producer. <laughs> like you know, that's a little like, maybe that's another little tidbit. It's like. After I did that cover for Bone Thugs and Harmony, I'm a teenager at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Got and I've told this story, but like it's rarely publicized. But it's like got ten thousand dollars for that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Now this is like ninety five. So ten thousand dollars in ninety five. You know what's that equivalent to today? So anyway, right? um, When when the record when the Bone Thugs and Harmony's album finally comes out. You know i'm hype you know i got ten thousand dollars for my little one little credit in the in the in the lp and mm-hmm. my work is on your cd too mm-hmm. uh, so anyway i'm like if that's worth ten thousand dollars what's this worth where i see keep seeing this guy's name produced by dj unique produce 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 produce, produce. Mm-hmm. i'm talking about the people at my my guy at roofless at the time donald cunningham shout out to donald mm-hmm. He's like, okay. I'm like, so if my if my little credit for illustrations was worth ten thousand, how much was DJ Uniques? He was like, oh, he got a quarter of a million. And I'm like, fuck. You do art, like
0: money. <laughs> art, like, I'm "Oh, I'm okay. trying to make
1: this music right now, so I took these beats though. <laughs> I, I just got to make these beats. So I took half that money, damn near all of it, and mm-hmm. and bought music equipment. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was a producer for a good two or three years. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. And that's how that whole Hippopolis thing came out, where I was just like, we got to have some to promote our band and all that stuff. But um, funny thing is, I actually made that money back. Uh, my friend and I, Sean Webb, shout out to Sean, mm-hmm. uh, we won uh, one of the early John Lennon songwriting contests. Nice. Um, and, and the prize money kind of covered what I spent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that, it just ended up working out, but, and then I also formed a record company with a couple of friends. I was yeah. spending more money than they were
2: yeah. at the
1: time. <laughs> it was just like, you know what? Like, I'm done. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get back to my first love, which I yeah. should have been doing, which was art. And then, you know, art, you know, has is, is been, has is been my, my bottom, my bottom girl this whole time. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, yeah. Come back, come back home. Yeah. And then when I step back in the art, uh, you know, really taking animation seriously. Then it's it didn't it didn't take long. It didn't take mm-hmm. long
0: because you is talented.
1: I do all right.
0: <laughs> so um, John Singleton and Isaac Hayes are a couple of your role models. How important do you feel it is to have people who look like you in spaces where you want to be?
1: Oh, very, very. You know, like you see these posters in the back. You mm-hmm. know uh michael jordan over there too Mm -hmm. um but spike lee you know she's gotta have it um Mm -hmm. when i first uh, i before john singleton and boys and it came out it was spike lee Mm
2: -hmm.
1: spike lee is you know i had never seen that many black people on screen at one time ever in my Mm -hmm. life so just imagine what that's like you know you're you're a black kid you you're creative you're into all these like you you think you want to make movies, but you've never seen any any examples of of yourself on screen. You know, you see Bill Cosby, you know, one mm-hmm. off. You see Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy or Richard Pryor. This is the kind of people I was seeing at the time. And that was it.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: one day, out of nowhere, some film comes on. It's black and white, and then you got these these black characters, and it's no other. There's no other people in the thing it's no it's no white people it's no mexican people it's it's just black people mm-hmm. and i was like
0: <laughs> we can do
2: that <laughs> yeah
1: and then and then you see the credits written produced edited directed by spike lee and i was like and then one man i was mm-hmm. like yeah this is what we got to do so mm-hmm. like in a roundabout way i i obviously i don't make live action film but I found it through my own way. It was like, well, I didn't have access to a camera, but I could always draw.
2: Mm -hmm. like,
1: that's my gateway, and that's what you know. When you ask like, what I like about animation, that's why I liked it because Mm -hmm. you know I didn't have access to a camera. You know, I can storyboard something and tell a story just as succinctly and actually even faster. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's so important to see us because then you know it's possible. Like. See it and believe it. Not everybody has the mental strength to have that vision early, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, uh, most of us, and you know, it's not unfortunate, it's just the way it is. Most of us need examples,
0: yeah. So, um, a question that popped in my head like, do you see these people as like father figures or how did you pe- how did you become a man in a single parent household like did you have like mentors or anything or did you just have to figure it out
1: i just had to figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know my mother of course had different men in her life um some some good some bad Um mm-hmm. and i i took what i could from them i think <laughs> the majority of them but my mother is like this as well is they were always entrepreneurial minded mm-hmm. um you know Uh, which is, you know, a code switch for Hustler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've always had Hustler type of mentality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I got into animation, you know, like you mentioned, Ron Myrick is one of my mentors. Bruce Mm -hmm. Smith is one of my mentors. Um, uh, Laren is one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ralph Farquhar is one of Mm -hmm. my mentors. Um, And, you know, forgive me my brothers, if I forget anybody, but I think between those, between those gentlemen, um, Pete Ramsey is, is, is a mentor. Like these are people I can, you know, pick up the phone and call mm-hmm. them. But Tim story is a mentor. Mm-hmm. I can call these people and I've had real conversations with them about this business, about being a black man in this business, being a black creative, you know, how to handle yourself, stick up for yourself, you know, not mm-hmm. only for, Uh, for numerous things for numerous things. Um, Yeah. But uh, but again, like these people, it wasn't I mean, I was fortunate to to meet them in in spaces where they were open to to being receptive, you know, to to listening to listen. And then they saw my work and then it was it was, you know, real, real recognized real. So Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't hard to develop genuine relationships with these people. Right. Um, but again, like you, I think any one of us kind of needs that that whether it's a mentor mentee relationship or not, just you need to 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 have more a big peer group, you need uh, a village. Yeah, that you can that you can talk to and share these ideas because. You know, regular people, meaning like people outside of this industry or outside of what you do, they're not going to understand it. Yeah, there are maybe they will understand it, but they won't relate as much. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the the community is important for sure.
0: Yeah, something I learned, like, um, you know, trying to make my career work in uh, New Orleans, which is, you know, not uh, animation place. Is that a lot of people who are in animation, they be giving you advice and you'd be like, you do not know what you're talking about? <laughs> like, like there's like applicable advice for a lot of industries, but don't it know. don't apply to animation. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so you gotta find your animation mentors. So you've worked with um, the Sony talent league, the boys and girls club, and more. What's the importance of mentoring to you?
1: Oh, it's everything. You know, what's that old African proverb? Each one teach one. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you learn, the way the next generation succeeds is if you reach back and pass down what you've learned. Yeah. So, you know, as you grew to become a flower, you need to reach back and water seeds. Yeah. It's it's all cyclical. It's all part of the, the nature of things. And if you don't do that, you're doing the world a disservice because now you just, you allowed a new generation to come in with, with no education. Yeah. and totally misinformed and and and, un, and misguided. Mm-hmm. And then that that's what leads to to chaos and anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a mental and,
0: and just lack of direction just like cuz um if you think about the civil rights movement with my uh, experience in civil rights uh, social action stuff um when you think about the torch kind of not being passed from the 60s and 70s on you don't realize unless you you know kind of study it or hear the stories being in the space how organized like even the the like um the lunch counter stuff was like they would practice they would have white allies practice being racist to them to prepare like you just don't know that off jump Mm -hmm. and so you just think People are just doing stuff haphazardly or you think, oh, I'm going to just go to this protest. But then there was people working behind the scenes like with Martin Luther King, uh, like um, Hosea Williams and all those people like who were doing the behind the scenes work, too. And even Martin Luther King was going to meet with presidents like um, I I love the. Aspect of like Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King, but there's this like Santa Clausification of, of Martin Luther King where it's like some of the stuff you get to do now is because of Martin Luther King. <laughs> like
3: for sure. Even
0: if even if you don't like the aspect of the nonviolence and you're like, oh I'm Malcolm X though. <laughs> like, but but how much not to not like Malcolm X, but like how much stuff can you do today because of Malcolm X and how much stuff can you do today because of Martin Luther King?
1: I mean you, every, it's a balance. Everything. They, they fought for freedom, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they fought for respect. We're still fighting for it. So you know, you just- if 2020 did anything, you know, it awoken, it, 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 it alerted people that racism still exists. I mean, we all knew that, but right. it alerted the world that racism still exists and we still have, A lot Mm to go. Like people, you forget the '60s was not that long ago.
2: Right. It's
1: not that long ago. You know they they say it's always this conspiracy theory that they put these black and white pictures up to make you believe that it was further away than it really was. Yeah. But if you just look at the math, and you know, my parents
0: grew up in the '60s, (laughs) right?
1: Like, like my mother, you know, my like, yeah they, they grew up in segregation and then grew up in desegregation mm-hmm. and then have been able to see all of this happen. And like I said, I got these pictures, like, yeah. it's, like, it's insane. Like my grandfather's father, I think was a slave, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, we're not that far removed. Yeah. Like not that far t-
0: 2020 was when I kind of got back on Twitter because, um you know, after the George Floyd stuff and it was like so many waves of like information on Twitter, like um, when Brianna Williams from, uh, from Black Animated tweeted like, hire more Black animators. And that just started like something on Twitter. And then there was a couple other waves of like, um, just uh, the second wave was like the sexual assault thing. And then the third wave was a uh, in, in animation specifically and then and the third wave was like uh students talking about racism on their campuses so it was just like a lot of fervent like discussion on twitter after the george floyd stuff and uh i think that was a catalyst to a lot of things that's happening in the industry today
1: for sure for sure but you know like i said the biggest thing is be good at what you do mhm Don't expect handouts just because you're black, and they need to, you know, fulfill affirmative action quotas or something like that, or just to get a diversified crew, just to say they have it. If you can't sit in these chairs with the stylus in hand Mm -hmm. and produce a a high quality level of work, yeah, you're not going to be here very long. Like that's what keeps you employed: skills.
0: Yeah. Uh, From the vantage point of somebody who, like, this project we are working on is the first full-time job in animation I've had since I've been here for two years. I was like, please hire me from white guilt. I'll do the work. I'll prove (laughs) (laughs) it." But I'm like, please, if if you are feeling guilty, hire me. I will do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: But I made it. so as a veteran in the animation industry, what have you decided is your purpose in regard to Blackness and Black professionals
1: in animation? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I actually have a purpose, but
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: just intrinsically, I think um, I should be showing that you can do this at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully by the time the projects that I have coming out and and that you can change the game, like the yeah. stuff that I'm doing on the current project. The purpose is really to change the game. Right. Primetime animation has looked a certain way for a very long time because mm-hmm. it's been controlled by a certain group of people.
3: Yeah.
1: And now that there's a little bit of power on this side, and and we have belief, you know, from the studios and the powers that be, um, to give us an opportunity to do something special uh and then another project that i have you know working in the background if if that does what it needs to do Mm -hmm. again like i'm trying to make impactful somewhat revolutionary things when i say revolutionary it's just like game changers
0: yeah kind of like Um, into the spider-verse arcane
1: yeah yeah and it's like for 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 black culture um i think these will be game changers Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of purpose, like, I don't know if I necessarily see it as a purpose. It's just, mm-hmm. I like I said, I've, I've never lost love for the things that I fell in love with early on. Yeah. You know, sneakers, fashion, hip hop, cartoons, all of these things are in each of these projects that I'm working on. Like, they never left. Mm-hmm. Like, you could say Bob's Burgers was kind of like a detour, but... Not really, because that's in my wheelhouse too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I remember like so many people I met; they were like, "You work like all the t- you work on Bob's Burgers,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I know how they're looking at me like, "You, you know, six <laughs> foot right. five black dude, shouldn't you be bouncing a basketball?" <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's like yes, because like I I remember even when I when I got in the project, the producer at the time, Kim Smith, she was just like. You want to work on this because <laughs> it was my choice like that's right everything. i've been fortunate enough to you know choose my projects it's like mm-hmm. you want to work
2: on this i was like yeah
1: this is cool mm-hmm. like, it's quirky like it has like that's my sense of humor it's kind of quirky
0: and that's a power that's a superpower we have is that because we have to be in this like world or country like we know how to do y'all stuff too <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. like because we've been force-fed it for- right so it's nothing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know what that is. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. And then plus, you know, again, like I knew what it was going to become. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could see that early. I was like, oh, no, nah, this is going to be big. And it's like, let's yeah. just get on, get in here on the ground floor mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, take it to the next level. And that's what we did. And I think Bob's is like on its. I started in season one. I think it's like on his like 12th, 13th or 14th, like some crazy now. Like I remember yeah. going to like the hundredth episode. Table read at Fox and all this stuff. Movie mm-hmm. coming out uh, was it made in end of May? Like, mm-hmm. Crazy ride, but but again, when it comes to black cartoons, black art, again, just pushing. I have my own project.
2: I'm mm-hmm.
1: trying to get off the ground, man, forever. But again, like that can be a game changer. Yeah. Um, just just trying to get up into proud families back now, you know.
0: Man, it's so like relevant. I, uh when I watched the like little pre-thing the week before and they had um uh Magic Johnson's son, EJ uh interviewing uh Ralph Far- Farquhar and uh Bruce. Mm-hmm. And you just like like um how do y'all keep it relevant? Like hire younger writers. Like, oh that's <laughs> a thought. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's smart, you know, you gotta get yeah. with the times.
0: Cause, 'cause that's what that's that's the thing about um, when people sometimes try to do their independent black projects. It's like they do it from their vantage point of like maybe when they were younger, and and so it's like people talking about shucking and jiving, and it's like it's twenty twenty two. Like ain't nobody (laughs) ain't nobody saying that. Like update your terminology.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like who are you making this for? Fifty years? (laughs) Yeah
0: um what do you hope um uh black animation professionals do in this current landscape that you wish you could have done with like youtube and just like free programs and like what would you have done like what do you wish that what do you hope that current like black animation professionals are doing with all
1: this stuff i see a lot of them doing it i don't um like swoozy is a big one um Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah just just make independent cartoons like mm-hmm. you don't you don't need to wait for networks to give you an approval or yeah like I kind of look at it you know to look at it like um like rappers when they make mixtapes, tapes
3: yeah
1: right Th- that's what youtube is it's yeah. like an animator no matter actually no matter what color you are but as an independent animator but just speaking specifically to black creators you don't need to wait for somebody to give you some money I think mm-hmm. that's a problem. Like with just with just artists in general, you're always trying to go get, and I get it because like you yeah. need money, but <laughs> yeah. um, but in terms of like you should be building your own brand equity on your own. Yeah, and you can do so that's that. That's how
0: you get in anyway. This, these days, you got to prove it first.
1: Yeah, you know, like they in the live no action space, no idea. <laughs> live action in the space, you know, Issa Ray is a prime example. I was you about know, to say,
0: you don't get on your East Ray.
1: You know, it's just like like, just imagine it's like, okay, I, you have this creativity in you Mm -hmm. and what do you, so you, you think somebody's going to pay for it before they see it? Like, that's not, I mean, that's not how it works for black people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm sorry to tell you, that's just not Mm -hmm. how it works for us. We can't walk in with a napkin and say, this is my idea. And, Mm -hmm. um, my dad said to come through, like, that's not how this works. Right. You can put in the sweat equity, you know. Make your own TV shows, make your own little animated skits, and put that stuff out there and build audiences. Um, but also recognize that, you know, there's a difference between something that's going to be great for the neighborhood and something mm-hmm. that's truly going to be great nationally and internationally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's I'm not I'm not gonna poo-poo on anybody's content, but just be aware of that, you know, when it yeah. looks like. Uh, this is kind of local yeah. or, you know this is this is hood art yeah. <laughs> as opposed to this is going to work you know for we can put this on hbo or mm-hmm. we can put this on comedy central but like i said regardless you don't need these people it would be great obviously to get a bigger bag you know up top but
2: mm-hmm.
1: that shouldn't stop you from creating if you're really about this creator life yeah it's
0: it's so interesting to uh, see how archaic some people some young people still think because like i maybe the difference is that i was like watching awkward black girl when it was on youtube and so i saw like oh yeah we don't we don't gotta wait like people are still be still uh talk talking about like pitching 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 which is which is a, a path but it's like do it yourself
1: <laughs> yeah because like what are you doing in between that time mm-hmm. like are you are you saying you're just working on your pitch that whole time right Like, you could be making it like Mm -hmm. in a however way you can. Like, again, Spike Lee, John Singleton, prime examples. Get in there and just start doing it. Yeah, that mm. (laughs) I would be I would honestly so advice I would give is just start, you know, if I was to have any regrets, it was just just do it sooner and then Mm -hmm. maybe maybe, uh, take more breaks Just to focus Mm -hmm. on your own thing, you know. I know uh, I just met a black animator recently. Um, I won't mention him, but I just met him recently, and uh, he's been very good about like saving it. Like he'll do a job, you know, work Mm -hmm. on a gig for X amount of time, and then instead of going straight to the next gig, he's been able to he'll conserve as much money as possible, yeah, so he can take you know six eight months maybe mm-hmm. even a year so he can just do him. Right. And then come back, you know, to yeah. the corporate world
3: mm-hmm. corporate
1: studio life afterwards. Yeah. Because he knows that about himself, that he needs that. Yeah. Or he won't be happy. See, like, and everybody's different. Like, yeah, I'm okay going from job to job. Number one, because they pay me good. <laughs> <laughs> and then number two, like I haven't felt that itch Yeah, to just, you know, uh, that I don't thrive off that but he personally does mm-hmm. so if you feel that about yourself you know do that yeah and you got an idea that's like itching to get out of you
2: mm-hmm.
1: find a way to you know make that time for it
0: yeah and one of my travel groups on Facebook they were just uh, somebody was just asking about like sabbaticals and people were like yeah I take a sabbatical every three years or And they was kind of outlining, giving advice of how they do it. And like, take a sabbatical, just like the dude you just talked about. Like, figure it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, figure it out. You know, got to tailor tailor your life to your needs.
0: Yeah. Um, So my last question is, if someone was producing a documentary about you, what things would you want them to highlight about your life outside of your work in animation?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I've I've really, you know, I'm I'm a. Uh, I think that growing up in Inglewood during that time is like I said. That's that's a wild time to be growing up trying to be an artist. Yeah. And I think that's that would be an interesting story, especially mm-hmm. for, for young people to young people that are that come from those type of environments. You're like, what's it like to be different?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of be the outlier, you know, in these in these concrete jungles under these conditions and still make it out to still be you and still not lose any part of who you are.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that that could be something. I don't know. I might mm-hmm. start writing it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it's
0: interesting the all the access you have to different events um, and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, like going up here and making those connections and you know working with people who are famous or or, or like being in the fashion and, and sneaker industry, like you get just get access that other people might not get. But that seems interesting to me. I I was listening to a, a podcast you were on um, and you were talking about I can't I can't remember the shoe, but you were talking about you had like some rare shoe because the conversation was like um collabos of um of cartoons and and which uh which uh shoe company would you pick to collab and you were talking about some shoe that you had that like people don't even know about it they they, they didn't know about it i can't remember it was like a, a uh, uh what's the blue dude like it wasn't skeeter um i can't remember what you said but I can't remember the- either because <laughs> people were talking about like Puma and Hey Arnold and 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 like just the different collabs. But you, I was like, dang, how did you get that shoe? <laughs> like, I that just I would think about adding that question. Like, how do you? What is your process for like <laughs> finding rare finds? <laughs> like-
1: oh, I mean, shit. I mean, I'm not into it as much as I was um, mm-hmm. because the sneaker not the sneaker industry but um the aftermarket industry you know with bots mm-hmm. and reselling it's just it's yeah. too out of control yeah and it's like um they kind of soured me on sne- i still buy but not like yeah. i did but in terms of how you get rare shoes i mean you pay for them <laughs> <laughs> i mean sometimes you might look up you know i've looked yeah. up a couple of times and gotten some pairs for free um mm-hmm. but you know it's nothing i i didn't ask for it. they just happen to show up or mm-hmm. Um, but even know,
0: knowing they exist is a, it's a skill.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, but you know, it's just like any. You just if you're into it, you're gonna know yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. If you're not into it, you're not gonna know about it. You know, like I'm not into the Board Ape Yacht Club, right? <laughs> Had I been into the Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, in mm-hmm. its inception, you know, mm-hmm. I'd have something you know that's worth a hundred thousand dollars plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing that goes with these shoes, you know. You can have a shoe back in the day that was worth thirty for thirty five hundred dollars that today goes for, you know, six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't know what you don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh how can people follow you if they so choose?
1: If you want to, I mean I don't post much um these <laughs> days because I'm too busy. Um but yeah, everything is SNEDS by Ree, S-N-E-A-D-S-B-Y-R-E-E. Um, uh, I might change that actually very soon. It might be like Art by re or something like that, because mm-hmm. it's not about SNEDS anymore. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I really just, i at the time, I started social media because of SNEDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why everything's been called that. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. You know, Google Tyree DeLay. Laet- <laughs> <laughs> <to>, see <laughs> so what I'm up of-
0: options but multiple very many pages (laughs) (laughs) so i would like to thank you for coming on my platform and allowing me to highlight you
1: oh thanks for having me appreciate you deb
0: and to everyone out there i want you to like so i know it's real comment and tell me how you feel subscribe to seal the deal and sign up for post notifications to show your zeal and i'll see you in the next video peace